we continue our journey through the last week of Jesus' life. And today we come to the end of Matthew 23, this incredible chapter that begins with a rebuke and ends with a lament. The range of Jesus' emotional life is spectacular. I invite you to stand for the reading of God's Word. This is Matthew chapter 23, verses 37 through 39. O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the city that kills the prophets and stones those who are sent to it, how often would I have gathered your children together as a hen gathers her brood under her wings, and you were not willing. See, your house is left to you desolate, for I tell you, you will not see me again until you say, Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Please be seated. This side of heaven, there's always something to lament. In this part of the world, lament is something that we don't do very well. A lament is a passionate expression of grief or sorrow. To lament is to mourn over something or someone lost. So we might lament a lot of things. The loss of a loved one, the alienation we feel in a relationship, the pain of lost opportunity, the brokenness that we see in our world, the devastation of sin, our own or someone else's. It sounds strange, but lamenting is actually a sign of health. If we can lament, it means we feel the distance between this world and the world to come. It means we're longing for God to make all things new. Many of us try to ignore the brokenness around us. But when we do, we also lose sight of the beauty that is to come. So really, there are only two kinds of people here today. Those who are lamenting and those who should be. But whoever you are and wherever you are, the Lord has a word for us today. The language of lament is really woven throughout Scripture. God inviting us and welcoming us to bring our grief and sorrow before Him. But today's passage is different because laments are usually on the lips of God's people. Today the lament is spoken by God Himself in Christ. In the flurry of His last week, the curtain is pulled back for a moment and we hear the Lord's lament. So what can we learn from this lament and why does it matter? First, the Lord's lament reveals that Jesus is the Lord of history. Every lament has a story. No one really laments in a vacuum. If you lament the state of our culture, if you lament the condition of your family or something else, there's a story behind that. So what's the story behind the Lord's lament? It's the history of his relationship with his people. Jesus could have gone all the way back to the Garden of Eden, but he addresses his lament to Jerusalem. It's the city where he is at the moment. It's the city of the great king, Jesus' own ancestor David. It's the home of the temple where God had chosen to dwell. It's Zion, the place where God's people long to be. The Lord loves Zion, and God's people love their city too, but in one sentence, Jesus sums up the history of Jerusalem. The city of David is the city that kills the prophets. And stones those who are sent to it. That's a dark history. And Jesus amazingly puts himself right in the middle of it. Just a few verses earlier in verse 34, he says, I sent you prophets and wise men. 
Jesus speaks as the Lord of history. He was sending prophets and messengers long before he came in the flesh. And as the Lord of history, he looks back, he looks around, and he looks forward. So Jesus looks back and he laments centuries of rejection. He sent messengers to them, but his people rejected those messengers. And he wanted to gather them, but they were unwilling. And Jesus looks around and he laments the state of things. See, your house is left to you desolate, he says. The very next verses, Jesus forecasts the destruction of the temple. But beyond that, Jesus knows that rejecting him always brings desolation. And Jesus looks forward and says, you will not see me again until you say, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. The chorus of Palm Sunday will soon fade into the chorus of crucify him on Friday. But Jesus knows that he will come again. And the chorus of Palm Sunday will be the eternal song of the redeemed. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. So the Lord's lament speaks to the past, present, and future of his relationship with his people. History is his story, in fact. And he has chosen to write himself onto its pages. Why does this matter? Because it means that Jesus knows our story too. He knows how we've responded to his word and his messengers. And he still came to be faithful where we've been unfaithful. And he knows how we've been unwilling. And he still came. And he said, Father, not my will, but yours be done. Jesus knows our story, the best and the worst of it. Does that scare you? I'm fascinated by, by this chapter because, as I said, the range of Jesus' emotion is captivating The chapter opens with this blistering rebuke of the scribes and Pharisees, the religious leaders. And with all the authority of a righteous judge, Jesus calls them hypocrites and blind guides and whitewashed tombs. They have the appearance of godliness, but they lack the substance. And Jesus knows their story. And if we're honest, we can find ourselves in Jesus' indictment of the religious leaders. We too can preach one thing. And practice another. We can look good on the outside and be rotten on the inside. So if Jesus knows our story, how can there be any hope for us? Amazingly, after everything he says about the religious leaders, Jesus laments over Jerusalem. And now we see the righteous judge is also a brokenhearted lover. He knows our story and he's moved by it. He's come to do something about everything lamentable in our story. And the crowds don't know what will happen at the end of the week, but Jesus knows what happens to a prophet in the city that kills prophets. The people don't realize it, but the Lord of history has come to redeem it. His mission is clear. The cross looms large before his eyes, but in a beautiful way, his mission does not mute his emotion. Every lament is a love song. That's what Nicholas Volterstorff wrote after he lost his son in a hiking accident. Every lament is a love song. We lament because we love what we lost. And so it is with Jesus. The Lord's lament also reveals that Jesus is the Lord of love. We see the love of Christ in the poignant image of a mother hen. Jesus says, How often would I have gathered your children together as a hen gathers her brood under her wings, and you were not willing Again and again, the psalmist sing of the security of being in the shadow of God's wings. But over and over, 
we run to other shelters. And when they fail us, and they always fail us, we run somewhere else. We too have been unwilling to be gathered under the Lord's wings. And like a mother hen, Jesus sacrificed himself in order to save his children. In order to gather us together, Jesus allowed himself to be torn apart. We also see the love of Christ in the opening words of his lament. It happened so fast we could so easily miss it, but did you notice the double name? In Hebrew, repeating someone's name is a sign of intimacy. When Jesus says, oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, there's deep affection. And Jerusalem suddenly joins a rather exclusive club of people that God addresses in this way. I want to introduce you to them. Genesis 22. But the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. And he said, here I am. He said, do not lay your hand on the boy or do anything to him. For now I know that you fear God, seeing you have not withheld your son, your only son, from me. Genesis 46. And God spoke to Israel in visions of the night and said, Jacob, Jacob. And he said, here I am. Then he said, I am God, the God of your father. Do not be afraid to go down to Egypt, for there I will make you into a great nation. Exodus 3. When the Lord saw that he turned aside to see, God called to him out of the bush, Moses, Moses. And he said, here I am. 1 Samuel 3. And the Lord came and stood, calling as at other times, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel said, speak, for your servant hears. Luke 10. But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you're anxious and troubled about many things, but one thing is necessary. Luke 22. Simon, Simon, behold, Satan demanded to have you that he might sift you like wheat, but I have prayed for you that your faith may not fail. And Acts 9. Falling to the ground, he heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And he said, who are you, Lord? And he said, I am Jesus whom you are persecuting. Abraham, Jacob, Moses, Samuel, Martha, Simon, Saul, and Jerusalem. Jesus knows everything about this city. It's history, it's people, it's leaders, it's sin. Nevertheless, Jesus loves her. Jerusalem, Jerusalem. Friends, Jesus knows everything about you. Your story, your pain, your sin. Nevertheless, he loves you. He knows your name. Imagine him saying it with great affection. Matt, Matt. Carrie, Carrie. Brian, Brian. Sally, Sally. The Lord laments for us because he loves us. And Holy Week gives us space to lament with him so that we might love him more. This week, can we lament the ways we resist his word and his messengers? The ways we're unwilling to be gathered with his people. The ways we choose our own desolation over his redemption. The ways we run from the only one who knows us and loves us perfectly. It sounds risky, doesn't it? If we go down this road of lament, where is it going to lead? Can we be sure that weeping really does just last for the night and joy comes in the morning? God's answer is actually a resounding yes. Because the Lord of history and the Lord of love died on a cross. And when he was hanging on the cross, he uttered the darkest lament. 
my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Did you catch it? Another repeated name, another intimate address, but this time the father turns his face away and Jesus is forsaken and he dies. And I imagine Jesus' question hanging in the air, suspended until he rose again on the third day. And now we know he was forsaken so that we would never be. And he died our death so that we might live his life. And he rose again to ensure that one day everything sad and lamentable will come untrue. But until that day, there's a space for lament. Do you long for a world made new? Do you feel the brokenness of our world? Then come and mourn with Jesus for a while. And trust that he was right when he said, Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.